1: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's the
0: Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a b and with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires.
2: Call eight hundred three 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 four Kia for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged twenty twenty four vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by seven eight Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart topping canciones, and drama?
1: Working smoothly behind the scenes to curate its own content so you only get what's relevant to your investment goals and interests. That means no wasted time, just information that matters. Head over to tdameritrade.com education to start learning. Member SIPC. Ladies
4: and gentlemen, you want experience during your football season? <laughs>
1: Well, buckle up, sweet cheeks.
5: That's all we need.
1: We've got all the experience in the
4: world. This is I Want Your Flex with Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Mike and Dan break down everything you need to set your lineups. From position rankings to starts and sits, the guys help you make those hard decisions. And now, let's get your flex on. Here's Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon.
5: Week one is in the books, Mike, and what a way to end it with the Raiders and the come from behind tied it up, should have won it, didn't win it, then won it, victory over the Baltimore Ravens in overtime in Las Vegas.
4: We expected to have a a wild and wooly week one, right? Because we have ideas of what teams are going to perform on, like as we talked about in the preview episodes, what we had, maybe a handful of teams We're like, I'm not sure what the identity is going to be. Mm-hmm. But then we finished with Monday Night Football. Ravens get back to doing Ravens things. You get the early touchdown run from Williams, uh, the rookie, as waiver wire fodder as all of those Ravens running backs went down. He became the first man up, nine carry, 65 and a score in this one. And then it just got weird from there, right? The 14-0 lead becomes 14-10. And then the fourth quarter and overtime was absolutely bananas. Uh, watching it while on air with Jason Smith in studio, tracking it trying to i wishing i could listen to the manning brothers and russell <laughs> wilson describe it uh a live as it's going on because i i can only imagine the deadpan humor uh and incredulity to come out of those three as it were but dan that that's about as crazy a finish to a week as you possibly could get and all the bounty of fantasy points that came in those final minutes
5: this is and this is truly what happened with me because I was able to watch the game and I watched the first quarter on the regular broadcast of ESPN. And then I completely forgot that Eli and Peyton were doing their thing over on ESPN, two, And so I flipped it over. And true story, Mike, I never flipped it back. And it wasn't that it was just so captivating. It was just a unique broadcast with stuff that you wanted to hear from both of those guys and what they did with Russell Wilson and, and Travis Kelsey, those broadcasts, was really good. Was it media polished? No. Am I media polished? No. Yeah, but but the point <laughs> is, is it was a good, good broadcast. And it was something different. And honestly, I'll probably watch it more often than the other one. Didn't have all the bells and whistles of the main broadcast of stats, of graphics, and they weren't talking about those sort of things. But any time that you can hear Peyton and Eli kind of tell stories and tell what they think is going to happen happen and then get the input of the guests that they had it was a it was a good listen and boy what a game for them to uh, to be able to broadcast but you brought it up I wanted to just bring my thoughts into the broadcast I actually thought it was pretty unique I don't know how it's going to be in week 10 you know that that's the, the you sure. know how long it's going to last, but I'm willing to give uh, it uh, a, another opportunity, an opportunity after that because I really did enjoy it, and you really couldn't have asked for a for a, a better game. Fantasy wise, though, I find it interesting that I still am not quite sure about the Baltimore Ravens. I Tyson Williams does seem to be the guy that you want to have in your league. Wide receiver wise, I don't know if there's anybody there on that side of the of the uh, the sideline that you really want to to have on your roster in Baltimore outside of Mark Andrews. I expect a bounce back, but again, it's kind of how Lamar Jackson goes is how the Ravens are going to go. So on the Baltimore side of things, I think you yeah, obviously would have had Jackson in your starting lineup, but Tyson Williams is maybe the guy that you want to rubber stamp, and maybe Latavius Murray will be the guy that w- gets worked in a little bit more as things continue along.
4: Yeah, I think uh, as we saw, we, we got a nice little bounce-in touchdown from Murray late, so if you ended up being forced to start him due to a bevy of injuries and curiosities, you know, maybe, maybe you were banking on Trey Sermon to be your flex running back with the great opportunity for the 49ers, and then he's a healthy scratch. Like, no, scramble, <laughs> scramble, find me somebody else. Uh, and you did. Uh, I think Sammy Watkins and Hollywood Brown are interesting because target counts are going to be there at least for a while because right, we're going to have a couple of weeks before you wait, get uh, Rashad Bateman back. Uh, but the only two that are clearly – or three, I would say, set it and forget it, are Jackson, Williams, and Andrews to this point. Uh, the biggest thing for me, Dan, was was looking at the other side of that equation. The Ravens have a, a bunch of issues – offensive line trying to get Stanley to make sure he's right. They did have another player carted off uh, from the offensive line, uh, his backup actually, uh, and, a, and a little bit of versatility. But uh, that that's an issue that we're going to be watching, I think, quite a bit. Some And then the obvious deficiencies with Marcus Peters gone and Jimmy Smith out defensively just to open the door and maybe open some eyes to a new look approach from Derek Carr.
5: I know some people may say, well, Williams and Murray got pretty much the same carries. In fact, Murray got one more. I still think that Tyson Williams seemed like more of the guy. Mm -hmm. And honestly, with Baltimore, I think that they're just like, we just need to get as many running backs because you still have Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman there. But if you really had to put in hierarchy, I'd put Williams one, Murray two. To your point, yeah, I, I there's... There, I think there are there are maybe a few bigger issues in Baltimore that that we could see play out. That isn't just uh, figuring out who their starting running back is for fantasy wise. I Mark Andrews is gonna is gonna be fine. It's just I would have a tough time, Mike, looking at all of the options, finding as a flex play or a W two, and feeling good about Sammy Watkins had the most targets tonight. But you wonder how many of these games are going to play out like this? Is this how the Ravens are are going to play? I would still wait a little bit more. And Sammy Watkins may be available in a league. I'm not sure of uh, how how much that would be, but I still would. I just wouldn't feel comfortable right now putting him in my lineup after seeing what I saw tonight, even with his four catches for 96 yards. Yeah,
4: I think he's more the all right. Let's take it a, every week. You know, one of the things we preach is just the reevaluation of what's on your bench
5: versus Mm -hmm. what's
4: on the wire, right? Uh, Rather having a guy rot on your bench than beating you in someone else's lineup. So if the target counts become a consistent issue, and let's face it, the spate of of injuries and overreaction – just like we do on Sports Talk Radio. Same thing happens in fantasy leagues. Like, oh, the guy had a good week. And then he may never, you know, be like a Belichickian running back situation where you never see the ball again. Hi, Damian Harris and your fumble. <laughs> uh, but the the situation here, you know, at least some someone's got to get some targets outside of Mark Andrews, who had just five uh, in the loss to the Raiders. So that's a number that certainly um, stands out when yeah. you think about it, compared to, say, what Waller was on the other side. But, you know, you're also game planning against him, knowing he is, in fact, a de facto WR1.
5: Yeah, Darren Waller's, I mean, kind of good opportunity. I mean, heck, he only barely caught 50% of his targets, as he said, 19 targets, 10 receptions, and they're going to keep on throwing to him. So Darren Waller, uh, obviously the main target. The question, though, now with, with Vegas is – who are the other targets? And then the other question is, is is Josh Jacobs' night a success? Because, yeah, he got into the end zone twice, but just 10 carries for 34 yards, and Ken- Kenyon Drake – Uh, was more active in the passing game for Las Vegas. And, Mike, I wasn't a big Kenyon Drake believer after what transpired in Arizona last season. I don't know what went wrong. Seeing how Arizona's backfield worked in week one, I'm still not sure what went wrong. But Kenyon Drake was at least a little bit more viable option in the passing game than Josh Jacobs was. And Jacobs was just saved by those two touchdowns.
4: Yeah, a couple of savers for you for fantasy purposes if you played him. Uh, I had him as a lower end uh, running back number two. Uh, with the uncertainty, especially with Richie Incognito out on that offensive line. Leatherwood in his first career start, he was shaky, right? So they had their issues, 21 carries, 82 yards. 31 of those yards came on the Mariota play. So mm. not exactly running the ball effectively, yeah. which is why Derek Carr gets to where he is. That in Baltimore sold out, right? Talked about it with Peters and Smith both out of that secondary. Well, you've got some opportunity. There are some things that are too good to keep a
0: secret.
1: Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis.
2: Selena. Selena.
1: Celia Cruz. Azúcar.
3: Harold G.
2: La bichota.
3: Cristina Aguilera. Xtina. Just to name a few.
2: We're serving the whole story.
3: From rags to
2: riches. And all the tea in between.
3: I'm Liliana Vasquez.
2: And I'm Joseph Carrillo.
3: And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2.
2: Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Thurda Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: If they're going to continue to try to come with an all-out blitz, what do you do? Safety valve, and that's where Drake got in. Five, car- or five catches, 59 yards, including a 21-yarder. Renfro had six catches. You just started finding the short passing game and with the blitz opening things up in the secondary you got an awful lot of yak so people were pretty excited about that over the the course of the game so uh better days ahead i would suspect for jacobs once you get incognito back into the lineup
5: If you listen to the podcast, you know we do a bunch of stuff on Friday, give you advice on, on who to start, who to bench. Mike's got his top five rankings uh, at the quarterback, running back, and receiver positions. Also gives you some hot plays. I give you a reason to start a guy and a reason to bench a guy, and we wrap it all up with a three-point conversion, three things that you need to know entering into the week. This is the opportunity where we uh, we check ourselves, if you will. We review what we had in the last podcast tell you if it came to fruition or not. I'm going to start, Mike. In my three-point conversion, I give myself a score of a 1.5 because I was wrong about the electrical outage in D.C. I was worried about the Chargers' offense, and I shouldn't have been because Justin Herbert threw for over 300 yards. Keenan Allen hit the 100-yard mark, and what do you know? We have a Mike Williams sighting yeah, we did. With, the, with the Chargers, so I am taking the L on that one. I did – Nail Saquon Barkley. Not that that was going out on a limb. But basically, the all bark, no bite. Even if he was going to play, we knew he was going to be limited. That ended up being the uh, the case. And I thought the Vikings were going to beat Cincinnati. They didn't. However, for fantasy purposes, even though they didn't get the win, Kirk Cousins had a nice day. Adam Thielen a big day. Dalvin Cook gave you six catches, plus got in the end zone on the ground. Justin Jefferson may have been the only real disappointment there, but Minnesota at least did show up. Didn't get the win like I thought they would, so I gave myself a half point in my three. Point conversion from a week ago.
4: Let's see. Mine, uh, let's see. One I backed into, uh, I was wrong as to to how the the game would play, Uh, and then by Sunday morning, I decided, you know what, I like Lovey Smith against the young quarterback, so I I talked about Trevor Lawrence, and he finished with over 300 yards, three touchdowns, three picks, so for fantasy purposes, uh, an absolutely fine day, right? You go through and and look at the numbers, and, and you feel pretty good about what he was able to put up, but... How he got there, eh, I don't feel quite so great about that. Uh, but you, you take the points and you move on. Uh, as for and one of my other points was what we just talked about, that Baltimore backfield playing Tyson Williams. Uh, got Added three catches for 29 yards to go with his 65 yards rushing, so a nice 94 total yards with a TD day. You'll take it. Uh, we talked extensively about Latavius Murray saying uh, pick him up but uh, don't play him and – Again, if you had to out of desperation, it worked. So again, I'll give myself uh, a half because I don't. I don't know. I probably confuse people by talking about Latavius Murray. And then the other one was just from a a straight league wide uh, post Thursday night football perspective of the start making the offers on Ezekiel Elliott. Go out there uh, and and make those pitches. So we can't evaluate how well that plays out. The other was to go grab Tony Pollard if he'd been unclaimed in your league because I think he's going to play a big role as this goes. But Ezekiel Elliott, beyond the offensive line, I think he's going to be active in the passing game because they're going to use the extension uh, of of it just like – well, many of these other teams did. I mean, and they did it quite a bit. Again, so uh, I'll, I'll give myself the the same 1.5 and an incomplete for the third point.
5: I also do a give-you-one-reason-to-start, give-you-one-reason-to-bench-a-guy. I mentioned Justin Jefferson and his five catches for 71 yards. Maybe not what you were looking for from a wide receiver one, but if you got that from a flex play in a wide receiver in a PPR league, maybe you're saying okay. And then if you threw on 13 yards rushing and a touchdown – Turns out to be a somewhat decent day. That's what Jarvis Landry, of the Cleveland Browns, gave you. I told you that was a reason you needed to start him was that you needed, to points to, needed points to beat Kansas City. Odell Beckham Jr. did not play in the game. I would say that Landry panned out for what we would normally expect, so I was happy with Landry. I told you to stay away and bench Chris Carson from the Seahawks because I thought the Colts' run defense would be there. Carson didn't get into the end zone. Did have six, uh, 16 carries for 91 yards and three receptions for 20 26 yards his workload is going to be there as long as he is healthy Rashad Penny got hurt again but I can't say that it was a great day for Chris Carson but it wasn't a stinker that I thought he could have had against the Colts so I take the L on that one I don't but think that's you need to re- though buddy what's what, that
4: well, I, you know he, he it's you know 12 points yeah it's, it's, it's all just a, a matter of you know where you ranked and what your expectations were how big your league is and he was he an RB1 depending on the size of your league
5: yeah, that's, that, that's fair enough. The 91 yards was a better than he fared, but he Russell Wilson ended up hogging all the touchdowns with his touchdown passes, did. and the Seahawks looked really good against the Colts. So if you've got Seahawks on your team, you may want to find the, some uh, value and keep those guys in your lineup. Not that you would bench DK Metcalf or uh, Tyler Lockett anyway, but maybe uh, more reasons to play those guys.
4: Yeah, we talked about Tyler Lockett a bunch last week and, and, and all through the preseason, Dan, because uh, it's been a feast or famine. I mean, you know this well. Uh, the, your team that you follow, uh, yeah, and then and I had even
5: said six- it in our preseason. His 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 huge games versus the 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 floors are what scare me because he's so volatile. But these games that he had that like he had on Sunday. He's he's known to have those games. It's just a question now. What does he do against Tennessee in week two? Is it four receptions for 25 yards? That's the scary thing.
4: Yeah, that's the team that's also a scary thing. Tennessee, <laughs> as to what they may be. Uh, coming out of an embarrassing loss to the Arizona Cardinals. Congratulations to those of you that drafted Kyler Murray. You got rewarded, and you get a touchdown, and you get a touchdown. A couple of, for you, DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk getting after it, and now Tennessee tries to rally against Seattle in Seattle. So that that's one of the spotlight games that we'll get deeper into Uh, As we get to the weekend, but yeah, I'm looking at my hits and misses Dan and, and, you know, me, I I don't want to take any victory laps. I had a couple, uh, you know, the, the ninja picks that came through, but the big misses James Robinson was a non-factor in that game against Houston, five carries, 25 yards. You saw almost double the carry count for Carlos Hyde, Uh, Justin Herbert, the chargers put up You know, they're 20 points, and he was over 300 passing yards, but just one touchdown. So for fantasy purposes, uh, I have him in a uh, guillotine league. Fortunately, someone forgot to set a lineup, so I survived. (laughs) All right, I beat out like four of the other teams. But, I mean, we're talking an 18-team league. Not exactly a (laughs) world-beating effort. uh, But now I've got to go pick uh, from the runes uh, like a vulture uh, to roll through there. And then completely wrong on Derek Carr because I didn't know what to expect. I expected the Ravens' defense to have some teeth. Obviously, questions in that secondary. But for him to come out, start winging it down the field as he did, And again, the selling out by Baltimore opened some one-on-one opportunities, but he was really good with the football on Monday night. And even the pass that ended up being the ricochet interception in one of the more improbable sequences we've seen in football history. Uh, Everybody that's watched the game knows it. If not, you've got a touchdown that got called back because he was down. uh, Brian Edwards was down, what, about nine inches short of the goal line. And then you have a a false start after a... A fail failed quarterback sneak, an incomplete pass, and then a ricochet interception. Where that that might have been the only bad throw that he made all night, well, right? Because he because he he was wide open. Like if he'd let him, he walks yeah. into the end zone, right? At Renfro, that was an easy score.
5: The the Derek Carr train may be loading up, but it may stop in Pittsburgh because that's where they are in Week Two. So yes, for, for, yes. For, for the, the high of winning an overtime game against Baltimore on a Monday night, now having to f- travel, go to Pittsburgh, play a 1 o'clock Eastern time start on Sunday, I I don't love the Raiders' chances in Week 2. I, I, not, I
4: don't, yes, but yeah. he will be a waiver-wired darling. He was only owned in 20% of leagues.
5: Well, I'll say this, and you didn't tap you didn't pat yourself on the back, but I will pat your your back Thanks, as we get kinky here on I Want well, Your Well, it's an, well,
4: I mean it it goes with the song on which the title of the podcast would, is named, buddy.
5: Would you like would you like some nice lotion maybe um you did say a ninja <laughs> play was Jimmy Garoppolo and Jimmy Garoppolo was over 300 yards in a touchdown. You said, "Look out for Teddy Bridgewater." Two hundred sixty plus yards and two scores, plus a few yards on the ground. Your hot plays included Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith. The, 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 so, so you you may have you may, you mentioned Trevor Lawrence, and I don't even know if you gave yourself enough credit for that that play. Yeah, he had three interceptions, but still top three hundred yards and and had the stats. So, so your hot plays that you had and the ninjas that you you had, you may have missed on some. Uh, but you nailed those. You had Kyler Murray as a top three play, and he obviously was, was great against Tennessee. So so and Tyreek Hill was your number two wide receiver, and Tyreek Hill had a magnificent day for the Chiefs.
4: I'll will t- take the W's. Yeah, I mean certainly, uh, but but you know I'm expecting greatness week to week, <laughs> Empire. So uh, it's it's one of those things. As as we're through, uh, I'm I'm happy that there were a lot that came through, and and I take the Twitter questions folks send me at Swollen Dome, uh, and answer those after my show on. Sunday mornings get off at 8 a.m. Pacific, and we have the simulcast. So in those two hours, if there's anything anybody wants to ask, I'm happy to answer. Uh, and and I would think I was 100% in what people asked me in the either ors there. So uh, that's the best because you know Twitter's a really happy, fun-loving place when you get yes. something wrong.
5: <laughs> well, let's let's take a quick little view of of week one of the National Football League I'll just gloss over maybe some of the bad advice I gave on Twitter. Now it wasn't all bad advice, uh, just a little here. The Philadelphia Eagles I do think are a a big story. They looked really good and maybe not Super Bowl good, but the efficiency with which they ran their offense uh, reminded me a little of a, a little bit of what Arizona kind of looked like when when Kyler Murray took over, but actually a more complete version of it where hertz was was successful not only as a runner. But as a passer 27 of 35 the three touchdowns the names that we had wanted to emerge jalen rager the first round pick last year and then Devonte smith obviously the heisman trophy winner in the in their first round pick this year uh, being a part of it and mike being a big part of it and then you had dallas goddard catching a touchdown which i know uh, fantasy owners were hoping to get some value with with goddard and miles sanders actually looked like a factor in a, a he's gonna score touchdowns he's gonna run touchdown he had uh, 15 carries for 74 yards didn't get into the end zone but the way that philadelphia played against a likely bad atlanta team i still really liked what philadelphia did and maybe more so because i just really questioned what nick Sirianni would have in his first year in philadelphia and one game in i'm loving what the eagles are doing so yeah
4: far. you got some good uh traction from gainwell as well i mean one of the great surnames in football, Are you kidding me? Gainwell. Nine carries, 37 yards, and a score. To your point about Miles Sanders, he looked like the Miles Sanders, the explosiveness that yeah. you would hope for. Added four catches for 39 yards to give you uh, a big day there, even if he didn't find the end zone. You know, four receptions in most leagues anymore. Hey, add those extra four points. And for Jalen Hurts? Look, I've talked about it a lot in our preseason episodes. I don't know what to expect from him over the course of a season. Not bullish overall. The trade for Minshew, the fact that Flacco's still there, the constant flirtation, or at least those would have you believe, with the the whatever you want to describe the Deshaun Watson case and investigation and limbo status that he's in that Philadelphia has constantly mentioned means – I don't know how much he, they believe in him, but performances like this, and yes, it's Atlanta, and didn't like their defense. Thought this was a great spot f- for Hertz to have a day. Couldn't have imagined the domination effort that you got here, right? I mean, it was yeah. really just in a, a, as you said, operational efficiency to uh, a, a degree that you, now you're you're raising your eyebrow because you're looking at that division. Fitzpatrick got hurt, although I think Heineke will do just fine. We'll get into that uh, as we go forward, but because uh, they're they're on the bill in the short short week here coming up. But you, you look at Dallas; Dallas' defense is still going to give them fits, so you've got some problems potentially there, and shootouts that are going to be necessary from Dak Prescott and company on a weekly basis, I think. And then the New York football Giants, I think we saw what we needed to. Uh, And Saquon Barkley uh, just keep uh, lighting candles on his behalf uh, in terms of trying to get him up to speed and ready to go. So all of a sudden, the Eagles, you start looking at him going, hey, this division, maybe – maybe maybe not maybe it's all fool's gold and atlanta's really that bad but at least for now for fantasy purposes all of these guys took a big leap forward particularly jalen hurts
5: well i know like you and i have wondered about the the matt ryan you know status and when this is going to come to an end and and i know that you were not high on matt ryan entering uh this season and there was a reason why those those thoughts were there and I think that you saw it in week one, just 164 yards for the Falcons and the the the, the curious case that I had it, I I wasn't high on Mike Davis and I thought that Mike Davis was getting a lot of love and in the in the preseason Mike and 15 carries for 49 yards, three catches for 23 mm-hmm. yards. So the workloads there, six targets in the game. I just think that's what you're going to see because I just don't know how good Atlanta is, right. and 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 when I say that, I don't mean are they a top half team in the NFL. I don't know if they're 22nd or 29th. Like that's like like 22nd would be the ceiling that I think Atlanta is in. I'm not sure that they hit rock bottom. And to see how they use Cordero Patterson, I mean, you know, he was. <laughs> He, w- he was option number two in the backfield for them, and he was getting runs. And so I just the, – the Atlanta thing is, with not having faith in Matt Ryan, with not totally trusting Mike Davis, Calvin Ridley had five catches for 51 yards, Mike. Three of those came on their first drive of the game. And then you, you did two catches the rest of the day. It just – man, there is a lot of stock in Atlanta. Kyle Pitts, the rookie, you're getting, you know, the hype for, four sure. catches, 31 yards. But you don't want to make week one, you know, conclusions for the rest of the season but man, the worries that people had about the Falcons, I just think that they really, really came through. And those—that was like my biggest storylines. as we looked through like week one, this this eagle, the Eagles were much better than I thought, and the Falcons were maybe much worse than I thought, and that proved out in week one.
4: Yeah, I think you add into the the Packers getting obliterated and what that may mean. You know, we talk about it a lot on the the show. Jason Smith and I went back to Ari, went to, you know, the the injured list. And was going to miss the start of the season. Like he's one of the like identities, and Lindsley obviously leaving for the Chargers is another thing. And so conversely, you're looking at the Saints and what they were able to do. No Michael Thomas, uh, and still some questions in the receiving core. But getting it done back to Atlanta, the you know staying in division, Patterson. It's one of those athletes that you just want to keep getting on the field, so it, you just keep reinventing him. Pretty soon he'll bulk up an extra 30 pounds and be a tight end <laughs> to just finish it off. Go from kick returner to and wide receiver to running back and then shift back. But seven carries, 54 yards, trying to be creative. But in most cases, Dan, when we have a team in a burial situation, which is what you had here, you at least get some garbage stats. That didn't happen here.
5: No. You didn't find it did not. any
4: of those you know, hey, at least I got this for fantasy purpose. You mentioned Pitts, everybody's savior, a non factor. Ridley's stat line reads like the effort of trying to find something for Allen Robinson. Would you believe uh in the game the Bears lost to the Rams, Allen Robinson didn't have a route of longer than eight yards? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, uh. the the chart of his routes. Yeah. His maddening. I saw that. So you've got that, you know, and Davis the hope is that you just add that handful of receptions, right? And that maybe you can find a little bit of yak and that they're a work in progress, but I think this is going to be a bad football team. I think it's the chorus will start to call for the next Atlanta quarterback, remembering at Matt Ryan did come in in 2008. And I think we do the disservice you know, Drew Brees and his new hair, like he's Brian Erlacher, uh, coming in post game and, and doing the game uh, on NBC. That you, between his career, that of Tom Brady, and, and you look at Ben Roethlisberger at 39 and change, that the assumption is these guys can quarterback forever. And that's just not true.
5: Mm-hmm. And
4: Matt Ryan, I think, is probably hitting that expiration date.
5: Yeah, I, I I agree with that. Tennessee is the other one that I have a little bit of a question yeah, a- about. For absolutely, I mean, for his greatest thing was were with Arizona, and obviously James Connor. And Chase Edmonds actually had nice days, which makes me wonder why the Kenyon-Draketon experiment didn't I, – I didn't think it worked in Arizona. The numbers may prove otherwise, but I never thought it was effective. But Edmonds got his share, 12 carries, and then he got his four receptions, and James Conner got his. But once again, Kyler Murray steals a touchdown run and throws four touchdown passes. And there's a lot to talk about with Arizona, but I think the Titans – And Ryan Tannehill's day, Derek Henry was, was held in check, but that sometimes happens (laughs) when you're down 24 to six at halftime, but, Julio Brown, or excuse me, Julio Jones, not a factor. A.J. Brown didn't catch a touchdown until, you know, second half. And, yeah, I just – Tennessee just did not have it against an Arizona team because you couldn't block Chandler Jones. The question is, now you go to Seattle, who actually has an underrated pass rush. Now are you looking at a, at a similar situation with Russell Wilson coming off of four touchdowns? Titans are a team I'm a little bit worried about when it comes to fantasy.
4: Well, and you start looking at game script, right? I mean, Derrick Henry, at one point, I think it was nine carries, eight yards. Oof. finished with 17 for 58 and obviously once you're buried you can't play bully ball the play action pass doesn't have the same impact all of those things that you would normally try don't work and you mentioned Chandler Jones right he had his three sacks as a team six sacks 56 yards that's the that's the number that makes even more you know is even more maddening that means Tannehill's still hanging onto the ball. And he's not getting rid of it. He's not being mobile and and looking downfield and just living to see another day. And that's half a football field that you give up, right? We, We always do this when it comes to penalties. And obviously, you lose the turnover battle here. You know, a telling stat is that A.J. Green was thought to be done altogether, right? Only two catches, 25 yards. But Tennessee brought in Julio Jones, same draft class, three catches, 29 yards. Right, the the narrative of both of those guys vastly different age mm-hmm. and maybe AJ Green is a guy that you know can take on a little of the Larry Fitzgerald. Hey, just give me a possession receiver. No, that looks like it's going to be Rondell Moore, and we'll talk more about him as it goes. But for Tennessee, maybe the script is if you're if you're not up and being able to kind of push that way, that it that it becomes that much more difficult to proposition to to get your numbers for fantasy purposes and certainly to get yourself in the win column.
5: I just, I didn't necessarily under, I, and listen, Tennessee this offseason uh, made some moves. They brought in, you know, Bud Dupree, who was coming off of a knee injury. So, so that you tried to, you tried to improve, but the offensive line was, was such a wart in week yeah. one. And when I, I know Kyler Murray is, is, is tough to corral. And when you're playing from behind and you're playing catch-up, it's it's difficult. But I just I think Tennessee has to play one way, and that's how they get their points, and that's how they get success at fantasy. And I just don't know if that's there, especially when the offensive coordinator of that team last year is now the head coach in Atlanta and Arthur Smith. So you have a new offensive coordinator in there with Todd Downing, and I'm not sure on how much. Uh, Tennessee is just going to continue to roll. Mike, I have I have questions about the Titans, and that's why I didn't love the Julio Jones signing. I still think A.J. Brown will get his, and there will be games where Derrick Henry just rumbles and rumbles and rumbles. But for them, the automatic start, and I thought it was going to be the points of Palooza. That was that was my week oh, one. Oh, you got fifty one. Yeah, and it, it was for one team. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it was just the one on the other sideline that uh, that didn't uh, have it. As we as we kind of put week one in the rearview mirror before we look ahead to week two, is there anything else that stood out to you and what we saw in the first week of the season?
4: I think as we go forward. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be a handful. You talked about the defense uh, as it relates to week two and the cautionary tale of people trying to ride the lightning with Derek Carr. But I think that offense – as look, they played the Bills. Bills are one of the top defenses in the game, and that's one one of the things that folks need to remember as you start looking at maybe some of the smallish numbers that came out of it. Right, Josh Allen on the other side. Oh, panic button! Like, no, Pittsburgh's really good. Mm-hmm. They're really good. You had a blocked punt that got into the mix as well. Uh, just chaos ensued. But I think people were sleeping on Pittsburgh, and, that, and take that from a, a general picks perspective. But I think this offense. Is going to put up some numbers as Najee Harris and that run game start to get comfortable. So I think there's still some value there. Big Ben, a free agent on a lot of waiver wires, uh, as it were. And and the other is that better days lie ahead. I'm not going to sit here and bang the drum for Mac Jones as some wonderkin kind of thing going on. But there was some zip on the ball. Likewise, Zach Wilson with the jets the you know we, if we're going to talk mm-hmm. about trevor lawrence i'm going to grab those two guys as well because i mean wilson that that offensive line's terrible so if he doesn't get broken in half you know like we saw joe burrow a year ago and he makes good decisions to just get rid of the ball stop thinking about it and he's even talked about it a little bit of you know not be hesitant burrow certainly said the same thing make your decision and let it rip and so as long as he this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen
2: Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Thoodle Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Does that, I think, with Corey Davis and some of those weapons, there's going to be some good days for fantasy purposes from Zach Wilson. And for Mac Jones, you saw Nelson Aguilar. You saw some work from Jacoby Myers. And if you don't get the fumble from Damian Harris, they, they may win that game. He might have gotten a little more work from those tight ends. I, I think there's going to be some value for him down the road because Jones made some big-time throws as well.
5: And it's Jones against Wilson in week two as the Patriots uh, take on the Jets. Jets going to be without Makai Becton. So you talk about feeling the, <sighs> That's the heat. That's so bad, man. Now he's going to be out four to six weeks because of a knee injury. Well, We All saw right.
4: we saw him on the injury report how many times?
5: Yeah. And, th- and he,
4: now this is, a, this is another big one. This is huge.
5: Yeah, it was rolled from behind. They're actually lucky that it's only four to six weeks because it actually looked like it could have been a season ender, but they're going to have to go to the first part of the season or continue the first part of the season without their mammoth left tackle. Thunderstruck. Adjective. Shocked and amazed by the power of fun on Carnival. Riding Bolt, the world's first roller coaster at sea. Brian got thunderstruck so hard, his 93-year-old grandmother felt it 3,000 miles away in Nebraska and immediately booked a cruise. Hooray! get thunderstruck starting at 289 carnival choose fun cruises are in u.s dollars per person double occupancy taxes fees and port expenses additional restrictions apply full details on carnival.com ships registry bahamas panama let's look ahead to the waiver wire ads for week two i know san francisco's backfield uh now is one that is up for grabs with uh trey sermon being inactive and then raheem mostert ending up uh, uh, going to be out at least for half the season. Yeah, you Can you, you growl. tell who I
4: had shares in? <laughs> you
5: growl. But isn't this what we all expected? This is why the 49ers needed guys like Eli Mitchell and you needed uh, Trey Sermon and you're going to need Jeff Wilson. You're going to yeah. need Michael and I mean, they, this is the 49ers and who they are. Most are going to be out for half of the, the regular season. Is Elijah Mitchell the number one target on the waiver wire heading into week two Mike
4: yeah there's no question about it you look at 19 carries 104 score a long of 38 so fitting the pattern of 49ers backs uh, of being able to take it a, a long way right we're looking for that burst play Mostert was a guy I was really excited about but obviously the cautionary tale of once the hamstrings are in the picture they don't ever really leave as far as Mm -hmm. i'm concerned and and here now you have it as chipped cartilage Whatever that means. Uh, so Mitchell is your guy uh, available in virtually all leagues uh, coming into the week, only the deepest of leagues where he would have been stashed or last minute. Once Sermon was deactivated as a healthy scratch, that usually portends to, all right, this guy's in the doghouse. So let's go find another option and pick our poison. So Mitchell will be the pickup there. Uh, mentioned Gainwell a little bit earlier, you know, because now we're trying to find guys that are going to get some. Some, some touches in, in game scripts, right? Sanders is there, but we know an injury history. and Gainwell acquitted himself nicely, so opportunities. A couple of catches out of the backfield uh, as well, so some opportunity uh, to stay with the running backs just for another moment. Uh, Tony Jones there in New Orleans, the second back uh, as, as we roll through. And then we'll get into it a little deeper with the – the game to come up on Thursday night but you got to be proactive and with the shoulder injury to Antonio Gibson, Jarrett Patterson the undrafted free agent out of Buffalo suddenly pops up on the radar, Dan.
5: I was just going to say this uh, usually no sermon on a Sunday is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not for the 49ers this past weekend (laughs) we'll have to see if we see him, well, you, you know, I,
4: you, maybe you get a little bit of enlightenment, maybe a message of hope, you know, especially <laughs> if your fantasy team cratered in week one.
5: Uh, by the way, Antonio Gibson would have been limited in practice if the uh, Washington football team would have practiced. Mark Ingram ends up winning the uh, the share of the carries in Houston. He's actually a guy that, if you were trying to figure out who was going where in Houston. I put my money on David Johnson Mike uh, he did catch a touchdown pass, but you still saw him, Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram get action, but Ingram was the the winner and I think that there i I, I think that there are actually opportunities. you know this is what happens. I actually hiccuped talking about the Houston Texans and maybe keeping a running back. So that could actually be a sign that maybe what I'm about to say is blasphemous, but I actually look at what the Texans have ahead of them and you got the Browns in week two. You got the Panthers coming to town in week three. That's a winnable game. I think that you could find some value in a guy like Mark Ingram if he just stays healthy for the Houston Texans. So if available, mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure how much fab I would want to give up for a guy like Mark Ingram, but if you're desperate for a running back, you could do much worse than Mark Ingram in Houston, even with that three-headed monster, because it seems like he was the guy that the Texans rode when they got their lead against Jacksonville.
4: Yeah, still a still- guy that can get the job done just the explosive plays aren't necessarily there but any goal line opportunities that aren't don't become yeah. little rollouts for Terod Taylor I think are going to have you're going to have an option you it is if this is again if Houston's defense with Lovey Smith, even though they've got a bit of a depleted defensive backfield, uh, by design, uh, is that they? Sorry, I gotta say it, Houston, calling it what it is. But you know, the guys in that locker room play with pride. A lot of veteran guys that have been part of winning franchises, Ingram among them. That if the they can get the script they want, it is the classic formula of short to intermediate passing. Don't turn the ball over, which Terod Taylor is really good about taking care of the football. You got an explosive receiver downfield in Brandon Cooks, but ultimately you want to play defense and have long protracted drives and punish Mm -hmm. your opponent, right? And that's why you have three guys in the backfield. But I agree with you. Ingram would be that guy at the top of the list, no doubt.
5: 26 carries in that win over Jacksonville. I don't think Houston cares if they run him into the ground. There is no long-term plan. If Houston does get behind in a game, I think David Johnson is your guy. Phillip Lindsey, not as much of a wide receiver as a receiver out of the backfield as David Johnson is. Um, It's actually not even really close. Johnson would be the guy. So if there's a matchup that maybe you don't think the Texans are going to win, maybe Johnson is a possible add if he's available. But if you have a game against Carolina like in two weeks, uh, Mark Ingram would be a guy. I would look to add to this week to get out ahead of everybody in case he has a good game against Cleveland and then you're you're uh, out of luck. I'm going to throw one other name out there for a waiver wire, Mike, and then I'll let you take care of the rest of it. Yeah. Um, Wide receiver wise, K.J. Osborne of Minnesota. And again, I know I thought that the Vikings were going to roll over the Bengals and it didn't happen. He had Adam Thielen with the big day. You have Justin Jefferson there. But K.J. Osborne did seem to be a part of that offense. There may not be as many as many footballs to go around, but still had nine targets on Sunday, had seven catches for 76 yards. If you're looking to add some depth at wide receiver, I would go to the Twin Cities and look at K.J. Osborne.
4: Yeah, I would think, again, depending on the depth of your bench slots, right? If you've got one and you want to have a lottery ticket because, again, we talk about Thielen and Jefferson, you've got a very pass-heavy offense at times, including passes out of the backfield to Delvin Cook, but the opportunity is certainly there with Captain Kirk uh, should an injury, uh, ailment, whatever, befall those other guys. So, certainly worth putting on your radar and perhaps stashing away. Uh, so, go ahead.
5: And they have the Cardinals in Week Two. I, I mean, potential I, it,
4: shootout potential. Yeah. yeah, and
5: and not that not that you're in you know wide receiver hell one week into the into the season, but I think it could be another opportunity. As you said, if you're looking just looking for guys, some names that could pop out there, if you want to sneak up on anybody, maybe that's a name you take a chance on.
4: Well, and you're thinking about home run plays too, right? When we're looking to go for the downs of all right, I'm down in a matchup. And, and I need some help. Uh, let me grab a couple of other names real quick. Well, uh, at quarterback, obviously, everybody's diving on board. Jameis Winston, uh, a date in week two at Carolina. You got Roethlisberger that I mentioned a little bit before. Two guys that are owned in about a third of leagues right now. And Pittsburgh hosting uh, Las Vegas. Teddy Bridgewater is the one that I, I circle here. We talked about him last week, one of those ninja plays, 8% owned coming into this next week. And when we look at yield schedule, they are on the road. They're almost nearly a touchdown favorite, as you and I talk late on a Monday night, West Coast time, Dan, as they travel to Jacksonville. The opportunity is there for Bridgewater. Even though Jerry Judy's out, and that means that Tim Patrick and or K.J. Hamler, Patrick would be the preferred, but Hamler worth a look-see as well uh, on the waiver wire against that Jacksonville secondary Rondale Moore mentioned him before. Five targets, four catches, 68 yards, and they've got a date as we've been talking about with Minnesota. So potentially a game that opens up as we flow through. And then Gerald Everett is is a guy that we we had talked about a, a bit in the preseason rank shows and certainly in the tight end preview uh, going up against Tennessee. He's only owned in 38% of leagues uh, across different platforms right now. So an opportunity as well with the amount of attention afforded Metcalf and Tyler Lockett.
5: Yeah. And the good thing with Everett is he did get in the end zone, but he just had two catches. So maybe he won't be as, Appealing, but I think that that's a smart play because again, there are only so many options the Seahawks have, and and it's why why DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are, are valuable guys and, and the way that they played on on Sunday, uh, yeah, I, I think Seattle's got something there. Will Disley's another tight end in Seattle, but he's he's just he's so enormous and physical, but still, he's not going to give you the athleticism that a guy like Gerald Everett uh, Gerald Everett could give you. The only thing I would say about Rondell Moore, Mike, is he shouldn't be available because we've been telling people I know, in our buddy. preseason episodes you got to pick up Rondell Moore can i can so, i give you
4: the percentage as of the latest check yeah please he's do he's still available in 75% of leagues
5: 75% of these people aren't listening to our podcast what a bunch of freaking losers we need to, we need problem? to keep
4: banging i need to get a sandwich board start walking up and down the <laughs> boulevard
5: <laughs> oh i did take i did take rondell moore late in the draft i, I actually like think i took rondell moore ahead of devonte smith And and then, like, my next pick was Devontae Smith. I think that nobody in my draft wanted Devontae Smith, so – I got uh, I got two uh, two rookie wide receivers who had pretty good uh, week ones, but it still doesn't mean that I didn't start Chase Claypool and Robbie Anderson instead. Boy, Anderson made the most of his one catch.
4: No, that's it. <laughs> hey, sometimes it only takes one, Dan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man. Boy. Hey, about and then uh, you know I, I've been critical of the Carson Wentz uh, experience, and, and look, I don't, I don't think it's going to be pretty all the time. Uh, but Zach Pascal with uh, two touchdown receptions, he's uh, available in ninety eight. Percent of leaks.
5: The Zach attack for uh, yeah. The there you go. All right. So we have the Giants. We have Washington going up Thursday night. Taylor Heineke starts. You mentioned Gibson's shoulder. Uh, the Giants. A short week for Saquon Barkley, who, again, didn't do much against the Denver. Any, any hot plays, any guys that you like in that Thursday night affair? I
4: think I'll look to uh, Sterling Shepard again. Had a big nine target performance, found the end zone. Looks like he's the number one, even with Galladay there, uh, that there, there's a rapport with Daniel Jones that you can build upon. Staying away from the backfield. Look, I'm less desperate, and that I need to start him. I just don't think I'm trusting Saquon Barkley because Washington's going to go, but they got manhandled. Okay, I don't, I don't know how much, you know, all of you out there listening, uh, what, whatever you you missed, and and this isn't just a cheap excuse to pump my guy from Northwestern. Northwestern.
5: Yep, Northwestern talk.
4: But but the reality is, as an offensive line as a whole. They dominated the line of scrimmage. And I got to think that Chase Young and Montez Sweat and those guys are pretty embarrassed by what they see on tape. So coming back against a Giants team that got beat up a bit by the Denver Defense, I think they parlay that, and they're they're aggressive and limit Saquon Barkley. Might get a couple of catches out of the backfield as a saver, but he's no better than a back-end two or even flex play. Heineke, I think, is interesting if you're in a daily fantasy league. You want to go and take a shot uh, with him, mobility, and a live arm. And we certainly are going to start Terry McLaurin. We know that. We're going to start Logan Thomas. Uh, and then... I think we anxiously await Antonio Gibson. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to – I mean, he did have 20 carries. That's all fine and good. But, you know, you start talking about limitations in what what is a short practice week. Uh, doesn't lead me to believe that they're going to force him out there on a short week because if they're going to do anything in the division, they need him.
5: He's Mike Carmen Get him on Twitter, at Swollen Dome. I'm Dan Bayer. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. Week one was a dandy. We hope that week two at least somewhat comes close to what we had. I don't know if the Thursday opener is going to give us, but hey, if it's, if it's anywhere near yeah. what Ravens Raiders gave us on Monday night, I will gladly take it. But again, if you have any questions uh, throughout the week, Heading into the weekend, that's where you can hit us up again on Twitter. Get Mike on Twitter, at Swollen Dome. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Byer on Fox. Did I miss anything, Mike, are we good to go? No, I think we're all good to go. Just remember,
4: it's still one of 272 on Thursday night. We still celebrate them all, Dan. It's like Pokemon, we catch them all.
5: We do celebrate them all, and we'll be back Friday morning with a brand-new podcast as well to give you another huge look at what we've got ahead in Week 2. We'll talk to you then. Cruises are in U.S. dollars per person, double occupancy. Taxes, fees, and port expenses additional restrictions apply. Full details on carnival.com, ships registry, Bahamas, Panama.
2: terms and conditions apply carol g juan gabriel Christina aguilera what do these three have in common you mean apart from impeccable style chart-topping canciones and drama
3: facts yes all of the above are correct but most importantly they're some of the biggest latin icons in the world and they're just a few of the game-changing latin stars we're covering and becoming an icon season two Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.